Welcome to Island Baptist Church. Today's Bible study is entitled Creation or Evolution, Part 3. We're going to be in the book of Genesis. Uh, we're going to be referring to Genesis and we're going to be reading uh, the first chapter of Genesis here uh, in a bit and uh, considering uh, what it teaches us and how we can understand what God did as much as possible and how we can understand how to give answers to those who ask questions about what, as opposed to, like I said, evolution. So let's, let's pray together, and we will get started. God, we do thank you for uh, seasons. We thank you for the rain. We thank you for the wind. We, God, we thank you that you're faithful in all these things. Um, thank you for these that uh, made their way here, God, and those that are listening online. We just ask, God, your blessings, your hand on each one of us. Lord, but apart from your spirit, we can't know the truth. Uh, we can't comprehend it, we can't assimilate it, and we certainly can't teach it. So, Lord, we're asking for uh, the presence of your Spirit, God, to accomplish all those things. We pray that you would be glorified, the name of your Son would be exalted, uh, and that the truth would go uh, to all the ears that want to hear it. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the last time we were together, we saw, um, uh, among other things, single-cell organisms don't just arise by themselves. Uh, uh, single-cell organisms are extremely complicated, in fact, far more complicated than any machine that only, only humans can only dream of, commit, of, of uh, creating a machine as complicated as, a, as an amoeba, as a single cell within your body. These things are dizzyingly complicated, far more complicated than, say, the wristwatch of my watch. Oh my, we said last time, if I told you that I believe this Timex watch, 30 bucks from, from um, uh, Academy, uh, with a nice, nice little light, if I believed that that just happened by chance, I was walking in the desert and I found this watch, and I just assumed because, you know, the sun and the moon got aligned up and Saturn was in the right place and some dust came in from Pluto and there was a lightning strike and there was, it was high elevation, so it was less oxygen, and I'm telling you all this because I believe that all those things came together at the right time so that this watch just originated by chance. What would you think about me? You would correctly think that I was a nut. Because even though this is a simple machine, it is way more complicated than anything that would ever happen by chance. You've lived long enough, you've got far better sense than to know something like that. But we live in a world that is totally sold on the idea that though the watch would never be created by chance, they believe that the arm is, that the watch is on. Strictly by chance, no intelligence, no, no, nothing else, and every cell within this arm is dizzyingly more complicated than the watch. Almost infinitely more complicated than the watch. But it's not just a cell we're talking about. We're talking about an entire organization, organism. And yet we call that science. That is not science. We're being taken for a ride. Society has been taken for a ride down a trail that has absolutely no facts, is a complete belief system. It's nothing but a religion. Uh, I, I will say, I, somebody says, well, I... I, I, I think there's plenty of facts to, and here's what they said, to believe evolution. I said, yeah, you're exactly right about that. Enough to believe it. There's never enough, to, there will never be enough to prove it. Believe whatever you want to. Like I said, I, I, can, I got the right to believe this watch happened by chance, don't I? It's a free country, at least up until now. I got a right to believe it, but I don't have a right to tell you that you have to say that I'm a scientist because of it. I don't have a right to do that. And you got a right to say that I'm a nut, because that's what I would be. Speaking of single-cell organisms, you recognize this guy. We talked about him last time, right? You know him, right? No, you don't. He's a Nobelist, Nobel Prize winner. He won Nobel Prize for that. Research in the nature of the chemical bond and the application of the elucidation of the structure of complex substances. Okay. I, just If he could just say that he did that, I'd give him a Nobel Prize. <laughs> Here's what he said about single-cell organisms, because, you know, I'm just putting him up there because he's, he's a smarter guy than I am. Single-cell is more complicated than New York City. That is the absolute truth. Yet, no, no fool would ever look at New York and say, that just happened by chance. Nobody would look at a building inside it. They would always say, who built that? Who created that, right? Because that's logic. Don't let... These knuckleheads talk you out of just simple logic. You're, you're, okay, you may not be as smart as the elucidation of all these, that guy, but you can put your shoes on. 
You can put your pants on. You can drive down the road. You can have a decent conversation. You're capable of putting two and two together, and you're capable of, without his information, knowing, knowing those things. I mean, you, you're capable of seeing these things. Trust what you see. Don't trust what they tell you. Just, just don't. Just don't. There's a difference between, like I said before, there's a difference between a liar and a liar. Some people can tell you a lie, but convinced that it's true. And that's a lot of these guys and gals. They're convinced that it's true. The, major, they're the vast majority. But there's a slim majority that know they're lying to you. And those are the real liars. Uh, they're, 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 they've convinced themselves. We talk ourselves into all kinds of stuff, don't you? Stuff that you said you would never do, that you know that was wrong, you shouldn't go there, you shouldn't hang out, but you did it, you talked yourself into it, and you wound up in a bad spot, and you even knew beforehand that you would do it, but you talked yourself into it, and that's the way we are. It's the way everybody is. Just because you get a label like a scientist doesn't, un, doesn't remove that from their system. They're biased, they're sinners, uh, they're incapable of seeing anything outside of what they want to see, they're just like the rest of us. They really are. So for something as a, like a single cell to evolve, it's just simply not possible. And it's definitely not provable. Definitely not. The, 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 it's, it, in fact, I would suggest to you the opposite is relatively easy to prove. Let's say our alphabet has 26 letters, right? Everywhere. Let's say I was walking out through my house and I was holding a box of Scrabble and I dumped it on the floor and the 26 letters fall on the ground, now what's the chances of those letters lining up A through Z in the correct order? You want to know what the number of that is? The way you find that number is you've got 26 letters, so you multiply 26 times 25 and take that answer, then multiply that answer times 24, and that answer times 23, and that answer times 22, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Here's the, here's the number. It's one chance in 1 times 10 with 26 zeros after it, I don't know what that number is. There's the thousands, millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions. You know, I don't know what that is. But would you like to wager on that number? <laughs> Did I tell you we're selling the bridge? <laughs> and they've written all of it over into my name, and the first 100 people that write me a million-dollar check get an extra foot. Did I tell you that? Because if you're willing to believe that, then I, you know, I got all kinds of property and bridges to sell you. Because you'll believe absolutely anything. And, and that's a ridiculous number. No one would bet on that number. But that's the chances, one chance and that many against it, that we could drop a box of Scrabble pieces on the floor and they line up in the order of our 26-letter alphabet. That's just 26 letters. Single cell in your body doesn't have just 26 options. It has 3,000 options, 3,000 proteins that, listen, have to line up exactly, or the cell is inviolable and will pass away, and you will re your body will recreate another cell. They have to line up. And here, understand this. And we, we tend to think that somehow, and again, these quote-unquote scientists would, would suggest to us, even though if you hold them down, they would, they would, I think, give you the right answer. They tend to suggest to us that evolution took place because these things partially aligned. You know what happens when you partially align proteins? This is science. So I would get 25% of the proteins lined up with the 3,000. You don't get 25% viability. You get zero viability. So unless they're all 3,000 lined up at the same time, the cell dies. 90% of them lined up, does not give you 90% viability. It gives you a dead cell. So either it all is coming together all at once, sounds like creation to me, or it doesn't work. Again, evolution is not possible. 3,000 as opposed to 26? Would you be willing to wager on that? Again, according to evolution, uh, systems like our visual system uh, which is comprised of all kinds of complex subsystems, they, they want you to believe that these things evolved separately and somehow coalesced together. These very complicated, by the way, subsystems. Subsystems, for instance, like your lens. That's a subsystem. I don't know if you've noticed, but you can't. You don't know this. Maybe you don't. I don't know. If you don't have a lens, you can't see. So it doesn't matter if the rest of the eye, 99% of your eye is working fine. Without a lens, you don't see. Without an iris, you can't see. 
without a retina, without a cornea, without an optic nerve. My wife had an infection in her optic nerve. That's just one of multiple subsystems with, in her eyes. She woke up completely blind in that eye. So her retina was fine, her iris was fine, her cornea was fine, her dilation was fine. All, all these things were fine, and yet she had, a, she had an infection in her, in her, in her uh, optic nerve. No vision. Zero vision. So again, these guys would like you to think that these subsystems evolved separately and waited on each other and slowly came together. By the way, darn the luck if it evolved on your, on your, you know, your backside. Well, what are you going to do with that? You know, every time I put my pants on, my eyes go out. I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, again, these systems have no purpose, subsystems, no purpose without the, all the other subsystems, unless they're all lined up. None of them work. None of them. 30% of your eye functioning is not 30% vision. It's zero vision. 99% of your eye functioning is not 99% vision. It's zero vision. All these subsystems have to be online. They have to be lined up. But they want us to believe, and I'm telling you, you're going to have to believe it because there's no way to prove it. They want us to believe that these somehow evolved and just found their way together. Like I said, the poor little dinosaur that had one, the iris and a, and a retina evolved on his backside. I mean, what's he supposed to do with himself? He's in bad shape. Uh, by the way, they don't disagree with these, what I'm saying to you. Here's famous evolutionists. Of what use or imperfect, incipient stages of useful systems. Exactly. What good is half a jaw or half a wing? Exactly. I totally agree. And yet this guy will turn around and say, but we believe that it happened this way. Really? That, that's taking leave of your senses is what it really is. Truly. That is not science. It is not observable. It is not repeatable. The eye in all of its delicate balance, the whole supersystem tanks unless all the subsystems are online 100%. Again, they want us to believe these things, much less the entire system, the entire body, everything about us, all, that, that this all just happened over millions and billions of years. Truly, ladies and gentlemen, that is crazy. It really is. So, so let's read something that I, I believe from my, all my heart that is definitely not crazy. But you are going to have to believe it. Genesis chapter 1. Here's the story. Like I said, if you believe in creation, this is all you've got. And take, take it or leave it. Don't say you believe other parts of the Bible and then say you don't believe this because what you don't know is that the whole seabed of the scriptures is right here, Genesis 1, 2, and 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning one day. Or day one. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below, and the expanse from the waters which were above, and the expanse uh, above the expanse. And it was so, and God called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning uh, the second day. By the way, the word in Hebrew for heavens is uh, shamaim, which, which literally means the waters are in it. Uh, just the, their, their own word says the same thing as the Scripture says. Then God said, let the waters below the, below the heavens be gathered together in one place and let dry land appear, and it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas, and God saw that it was good, all of it. God said, let the earth sprout vegetation and plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit after their kind, with seed in them in, on the earth. And it was so, and the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, trees and bearing fruit and seeds in them and after their kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, there was morning, a third day. And then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens. So notice the plants are created before the lights are. It's interesting. Because in the beginning God already said, there was already light, it's just artif we talk about artificial light, we, we talk about these kind of things. But actually, 
if you will, the sun is artificial light. Light was already created prior to this. So it, it was just something that God used to put, some, to put the light out, but light was already there. Let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. Verse 16, and God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night, and he made the stars also. So here it is, boom, boom, boom. Six consecutive 24-hour days, right? God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to, govern, and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, there was morning, the fourth day. And then God said, let the waters teem with the swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the expanse of the heavens. And God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters of the seas, and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, there was morning, the fifth day. And then God said, Let the earth bring forth creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the earth after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his image and the image of God he created him, male and female, he created them and he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which, was, which has life, I have given every green plant for food. So notice, everything vegetarian. That's what it says. And it was so. And God saw that all, all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. And of course, the seventh day we saw last time is the day uh, that God rested. And we're going to get to that one in uh, future times together. But, but several things, several observations for us to make about this first chapter. Number one, the observation we made last time. These are clearly 24-hour consecutive days. That's the way it reads. Let it say what it says. Don't try to read, or I would say strongly, don't read into the Scripture something that isn't there. Let them say what they say. Would you appreciate it if you wrote a letter to me and then just plain old English, and I plain old changed everything that you had to say because I didn't think that's what you meant? Now maybe you're wrong, but I should just let you be wrong, shouldn't I? So, so you say, the Scriptures don't say there's 24 hours, I would say you're... you're Full of baloney. Now, you say you don't believe it. I would totally agree with that. You've got a total right to not believe it. But you don't have a right to say that they don't say what they clearly do say. No, no way Moses was writing this saying, you know, these aren't 24-hour days, even though that's what I'm writing. No way anyone would read his first readers and hearers of this scripture would ever read this and say, oh, well, it says that, but it actually doesn't mean 24 hours. That's a, that's a very recent concoction of some very messed up people. Scriptures clearly do say 24-hour consecutive days. Say you don't believe it. Well, I don't like that. Well, that's your business. But it's not your business to say it doesn't say what it clearly does say. Let it read how it reads. It's intellectually uh, uh, not appropriate to do that. So, so number one, 24-hour consecutive days. Number two, everything created in its kind. You see that repeated over and over and over again. This is in this kind, and this is according to this kind. And what does that mean? That means it's, you know, a cat is created as a cat. And it wasn't created as an alligator that turned into a cat. Clearly the scripture teaches no, no transference between kinds. They were, were built, uh, created within these corridors of, of living, and they're not anything created outside of it. There's no transitioning, even though that's what evolution very much teaches. Uh, which, by the way, which, which have you observed? You ever had a chicken turn into a cow? You ever seen a fish crawling up on the beach? See, again, that's actual science. They, they, anything beyond that, they're asking you to believe that. They don't have any proof. 
Where are the transition species? If, if indeed a fish can't turn into a, a, uh, an amphibian into a reptile, there should be hundreds of transitional species between the two. Where are they? They should be crawling around. I saw a reptile the other day that had a, had a big old, uh, had gills and a fin down the middle of his I mean, they don't exist. They not only do they not exist, the transitional species between fish and reptiles, or reptiles and birds, or reptiles and uh, mammals, not only do they not exist in the observable wildlife that we have today, they also do not exist in the geologic, co geologic column. They're, they're, they're not in the fossils. They believe that they're there. They're spending millions of dollars to find these things, but guys, they haven't found them. This is not science. This is a belief system. Welcome to believe whatever you want. Believe with all your heart. But don't tell me that what you believe is because you believe it is therefore fact. Because you can't do that. Call it science. You just can't. So everything is created within its kind, and they believe that somehow there was transference between the kinds, and, and I have the right to say, I don't believe you. Number three, I pointed this out already, they're all vegetarians. It's interesting. Do you ever notice that? In fact, God does not open the window, not to say that mankind wasn't probably doing this prior to this, but God doesn't open the window legally for humanity to eat anything other than vegetation until after the flood. Read it carefully. He allows Noah and his family to eat meat after the flood. Prior to the flood, this was what they were left with. They had vegetation. They were able to eat fruits and vegetables as well as all the animals. Now, this, why does this matter? Because I'm trying to get you to turn into all vegans and stuff like that. No, I don't recommend that, actually. Uh, be careful with that. Not to say that you can. I've got a daughter that's a vegan. And because the meat, she can't do meat. She gets extremely sick. And uh, she's got to eat something. So tree bark and stuff like that, she's welcome to have all that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely love her. I probably, I probably ruined her because she ate so, she, she's a vegan now, but she ate so much deer meat and fish growing up, she probably just had enough, you know, and just her, her whole system quit, poor little thing. Um, just, I, it's, you know, the same thing, why can't we eat a lot of this processed corn and rice and other things? I think because we have, you know, so many other things going on in there that we don't have a lot of natural stuff it, it, near as much anymore. They were all vegetarians. Uh, why does this matter? It's critical, this is critical. Because evolution teaches that, oh, I should say this, let me, let me preface with this. So they were all vegetarians, which means no animals were dying. Humans, of course, we know that. No animals nor humans were dying. There were no deaths. In fact, the scripture harps on this. There was no death until Adam and Eve sins. No death among the humans, no death among the animal kinds. They were all, the only thing that was dying was plants, and they had, plants had no biblical life, if you will. So the fruits and the vegetables were being eaten, but no animals were being eaten, no animals were dying, they were not carnivorous, they were not feeding on each other. All this is as a result of the fall, we're going to get to that and what happened there uh, in a couple of weeks. But, but critical that we understand this, because evolution requires there to have been billions of years with jillions upon jillions of quadrillions of deaths prior to ever humanity ever evolving. Millions and billions of all kinds of things dying. There has to be this replication of deaths and, re and rebirths, deaths and rebirths for us to at least supposedly evolve to the place where we are. And this matters because the Scripture teaches the exact opposite, that there was no death until Adam and Eve, fully grown human beings, made a bad decision and they created, they, they themselves brought death upon themselves and upon every other living creature, in fact, upon the entire universe. And again, we're going to get to that in a couple of weeks. But, but here's some examples, here's some problems. If you want to say that they were death before Adam and Eve died, you've got some huge problems with the Bible. Again, say you don't believe the Bible, that's your business. But, but don't talk out of both sides of your mouth and say, well, I, I think there was a whole bunch of deaths, but nonetheless, I still believe in Jesus and, all, you know... Uh, we just don't know our Bibles well enough, and we don't know these, these quote-unquote scientists well enough. And once we know them, then we can say, uh-oh, something's wrong. So was there death before Adam and Eve? Definitely, at least scripturally, definitely not. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because yeah, they all sinned. Not until then. 
Not until then. You understand, if you believe in evolution and yet at the same time say you believe in the Bible, you have just negated this whole principle. You, you put yourself in, a po in opposition to what the Scripture clearly teaches, which is that death is a result of sin. In multiple places. Here's a famous verse, right? The, one of the Roman road verses. For the wages of sin is death. So, so how was it that there was a wage being paid before a wage was incurred? So you can't say that, say you believe the Scriptures. The gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 Corinthians 15. The sting of death is sin. Until there was sin, there was no sting. You can't make it say anything else. So you're really going to have to decide, I, I believe in evolution, that's all you got, you can't prove it, or I believe the Bible, and that's all you got, because you can't prove it. You really have to decide, because you can't have both of them, because they are definitely opposed to each other. Clearly, definitely are. It's critical, sin causing death is critical for the gospel since we as sinners... Christ came to die. He became one of us. And he paid the price for sin, which was what? It was death. The wage that I earned for my sin, Jesus paid for it on the cross. If death, though, happened before there was sin, then Jesus died for the wrong cause, didn't he? You see how evolution undermines the entire scriptures, undermines the gospel, undermines the teachings and is blasphemous against the the, the preachings of Jesus and the death that he, the sacrificial atoning death that he paid. Sin, listen, did exist before Adam and Eve, but only in the spiritual realm, not the physical. There definitely was sin. Definitely was. You did have a devil and the demons who had sin, but it was not a physical realm. The physical realm, God declares it multiple times, was good. And it had no death in it, because it had no sin in it. It was a critical doctrine for us to understand. It was not death in the physical creation, because, like I said, God declares it good, and he knows what he's talking about. And then a fourth, a fourth thing, and this is another biggie, I think, as far as creation and evolution are concerned. They were created, Adam and Eve were created mature, right? So it doesn't say anything about them, you know, going through the babyhood, you know, and having to be fed formula because they didn't have moms, or baby food. No, they were fully mature. Fully, fully male, fully female. Not only were they mature, also all the animals were mature because within, within the first day or two, Adam is named before Eve is ever created. By the way, that would be within the first day. Adam is going through labeling all of these animals who he observes, it says, each had their mate. These weren't baby animals either. So Adam and Eve were created mature, the animals were created mature, and all the fruit and all the trees and the sun and the moon and the stars and the planet was all created mature. So if you had observed it, let's say, three days into the creation, you'd say, wow, they must have been here for a long time. You would have been wrong. Been here for three days. But it looked, it gave the appearance of being ancient, if you will. Herein lies a problem. We, we have, quote-unquote, scientists that say this, this thing couldn't have... If, at the rate of change that we're undergoing right now, which is extremely slow, the rate of expansion of the stars, the rate of the spin of the earth, the rate of the generation of the sun, et cetera, et cetera, we had to have been here for millions and billions of years. Yeah, if, if it's only ever been that way. But what if it was to create it out of nothing, which is what the Scripture states. By the way, they can't prove their position. Neither can we prove ours. Because you can't take the natural, anything within the natural, right, and prove anything in the supernatural. That's just a absolute fool's errand. You either have to believe it or you don't. But they were created, the scripture indicates very clearly, they were created with maturity. Plants couldn't wait billions of years for the sun to warm up. They, 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 had, to, they had to have been created. These plants were, they, and Adam and Eve couldn't wait for the sun to warm up, to, but the plants to grow so that they could actually eat. No, it's all just like that. It just out, it goes from being nothing to something, and really something running uh, the way it ought to run. The universe uh, was uh, created with the appearance of age. And that might seem like a no-brainer to you, but one of the big arguments of, the, of uh, evolution is the universe being here for billions of years is, among other things, the expansion of the stars and solar systems and galaxies, because they could observe, and they, it, is, it is scientific, it is observable and repeatable, that these stars and planets and solar systems are slowly expanding. And they say, given the rate that we're expanding right now, we've been here for millions and billions of years. Again, 
Unless, of course, everything was created at a level of maturity, which Scripture says it was. Scripture says the sun was created at a level of maturity. The stars were created at a level of maturity. They were visible. By the way, light has a speed. And they argue, oh, well, the, sun, the, the stars have been there for billions of years because it have taken that long for the, the light to get here unless God created it with the light already here. Everything was created at maturity. Again, as diametrically opposed to what evolution teaches and asks you to believe because, again, they cannot prove it. But they, they see this expansion of the stars and the planets and the solar systems and galaxies as evidence of what they call, and you've heard this one, the Big Bang. So it's like something exploded and is expanding outward. Now, just because it's expanding outward doesn't mean there's an explosion. Oh, I'm expanding outward. <laughs> I haven't exploded yet. So are some of you, no offense. Just because something's expanding doesn't mean that it's exploding. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. But the, the problem with an expanding universe and labeling it as something blew up, there's a huge problem with it. And again, it's scientific, it's observable and repeatable. The problem is, is what do you, how do you then, how do we get to all this order and precision and uniformity and balance and organization in our solar system? in our planet, in our physical bodies, in everything observable and repeatable that's around us. How did we get this? Oh, well, you know, stuff happens when you blow things up. Yeah, have they ever, I wonder if these, these not enough rednecks that call themselves scientists. They've never blown anything up. I've got a room full of rednecks here, probably blowing up a lot of stuff. <laughs> and you know, I don't need to tell you, things don't get better when you blow it up. They don't get more organized. They don't get more uniform. They, they don't get more, more uh, uh, preci precision. They don't get more order. They don't get more balanced. Explosions don't create uniformity and order. They eliminate uniformity and order. They create chaos. Again, you've got to wonder, are these guys ever blown anything up? Because I've blown a lot of stuff up. Sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you do stupid stuff and win stupid prizes. <laughs> As an example, 1980, Mount St. Helens blew up uh, with a blast equal to uh, several times over the nuclear bombs that we dropped on uh, Japan. Massive blast. Uh, around Mount St. Helens, prior to this blast, things were orderly. Trees were standing, fish were swimming, animals were living, people uh, were living, uh, creeks were flowing, all these things, and then whammo, guess what happened? For miles... Explosion created a dead zone because that's what bombs, explosions do. They don't create order. They create chaos. They create disorder. They unorganize things. Again, evolution would have you believe that all this came about through a mindless force billions of years ago. That is preposterous. It's preposterous. So it blew up and we got all this organization. Again, where have you ever seen that? Where have you ever, where does it ever happen, ever, under any circumstances? If you see organization, if you see your uniformity, you know something intelligent put that together. Bombs don't do, they're not intelligent. They don't do it. Nothing blows up and gets better, for sure. It's not observable, it's not repeatable, and you observe the, what happens to mindless forces. Mindless forces, where, who's, uh, anybody here for the first time? This your first time? Where are you from, sir? Canada. What part of Canada? Uh, BC, oh, that's right. You're the, no, I met another BC. Were you, was, was it you that? We only we have a, we have another family from BC. So the, the whole we have Yukon and the BC. The whole the whole side whole left side of Canada is down here in South Padre. <laughs> but uh, we're glad that you're here. So right right now, there's all kinds of winter storms happening in uh, in BC to your home to your cabin where, wherever you live. So when you get back, are those storms going to make your house better, your yard better? Unlikely. Uh, unlikely. So because all, all, we can hope when we leave all your homes, you lock them all down and turn on the thermostat and have, hope nothing goes wrong and hope the power doesn't go out and all these things, that if anything, it could just stay like this. And at the worst case scenario, it may take a little dip, but it doesn't take you long to fix a few things and repair a few shingles and take care of a few tree limbs and other things. But it definitely, you're not going to go back and 
the storms repainted your house and uh, repaired your furnace and uh, cleared the trees and made your roads more passable. That's not what mindless forces do. Mindless forces don't take it this way. They take it this way. The best you can hope for is level. But more than likely, you should expect you know, a little bit dip. And unfortunately, in some cases, we had, uh, I don't see our uh, other Winnipeg family here. Their house burned while they were here years ago, uh, but burnt. Larry and Gloria. Larry and Gloria? Where are they? Where are they? Not here? Okay. We can, we can talk about them. Larry and Gloria, their house burned years ago, 10 years ago or more. And, and you know, it, it, it doesn't rebuild. Like, you know, we left and we had three cabins and we came back and there was four. We were so excited. You know, the, the, uh, the wind gods created them out of nothing. And that doesn't happen. Things don't go uphill unless someone pushes them. Unless you do hard work to hold them in place. They only ever, mindless forces, only send them downhill. Anybody ever been through a tornado? I mean, all our Midwest people ought to talk about tornadoes. One of my earliest memories, I was three. I didn't know. I guess I, I didn't know what I was three. I didn't know until later that I was three. But now I know that I was three because my aunt told me. But I, my aunt who lived on the south side of our little town, we were over at her house and I lived in a two-story house that they were renting down there. And my brother and I, and I have no memories of this house other than this one event, but no memories of anything that they uh, did other than that, but it was because of this tornado that left an indelible uh, mark in my brain. I remember playing upstairs with my twin brother and my aunt hollering downstairs up the, up the stairs, you boys get down here right now, there's going to be a storm. And I remember I was facing away from the stairs, they were to my right, and there was a window out, second story, there was a window right behind my brother, I remember seeing a trash can fly past the window. And man, did we get down those stairs. <laughs> Uh, but it didn't really hit us. It was just stirring stuff around us. As you know, wherever you're from, tornadoes don't hit main big houses, the big structures. They look for trailer houses. <laughs> and so it went down the street and hit this big trailer park, and I mean shredded. It was left an indelible mark. We had some people die in that. In fact, it was really a sad thing, but it just left an impression on me of the, the force of, of these uh, um, unintelligent forces. They tear everything up. There's a reason why my mom came into my room and said, looks like a tornado came in here. It, she wasn't referring to how well we were keeping the room. <laughs> she was not. Tornadoes don't make things better. They don't organize. They don't clean. They don't straighten. They don't put into correct uh, uh, semblance. They don't do these kind of things. She's referring to the fact that, that, uh, the tornado torn, that we had torn everything up. Order never increases with mindless forces, ever. You've never seen it, nor will you ever, nor has it ever happened. But that's exactly what evolution would have you believe. A mindless force created all this order and uniformity and organization. It's poppycock, being taken for a ride. And so are those who believe it. So, so a tornado, here's, here's so I, I couldn't get you to bet on the whole Scrabble thing, so I'm going to try this one. Speaking of mindless forces... A tornado passes through a junkyard, and from the parts it finds there, metal, plastic, leather, batteries, copper, iron, whatever, assembles a 747. <laughs> Not only is it assembled, it's also fully fueled and running. Would you be willing to bet on that? Of course not. Kind of idiot do I take you for, right? So, so, since you won't buy that one, then what if I told you a billion tornadoes pass through a junkyard? So, you say, oh, well, I don't believe that. I'll say, let's go up to 100 billion then. Maybe trillions. Maybe, how many tornadoes would I, could I possibly get to get you past maybe what you could conceive? You see, see since, since, since evolution isn't observable, and isn't repeatable, they can spin the biggest yarn they possibly can because you have no way of proving it. And then they can hold out there and say, we're smarter than you, and that's why you should listen to what we say. And their whole argument is based on nothing but that. That's all it is. It's all it is. So 100 million, I don't know, billion tornadoes pass through a junkyard and assemble 747 totally fueled and running? Would you ever, which, which number would you ever fall for? 
So let's go back to Scrabble. How many tornadoes would it take to hit a Scrabble factory to, uh, and blow all the words that line out and tell your entire biography on the ground? Willing to wager that. Did I tell you that the bridge is for sale? First million people who give me, first hundred people give me a million dollars get an extra foot of the bridge. So Again, no one would ever bet on these things. But our entire society and the thinking of our culture is. It is. This is how dark things really are. They're very, very dark. They're very, very bad. It, it's not just that evolution is a mistaken notion. Oh, it's complete lie system. It's, it's very, very dark, built to take people out of being convicted about their sins and, and turning in repentance towards God and instead trusting themselves and trusting chance becomes their God. Chance and time, and I'm just going to you know, live as hard as I can because once we die, we're all eliminated. We're dead as the dog that I was raising underneath my porch. That's a lie, but they would rather do that. Again, it depends on how much you love your sin. Do you really love your sin that much? Because I'm telling you, if you love your sin that much, you will talk yourself into anything. You really will. You know that. What's happened to our culture? We've talked ourselves into some massive lies. Easy, fairly, I mean, if a Baptist preacher is up here demonstrating it, it can't be true. I mean, how, how difficult would it be with, with real educated people to demonstrate this? If they're not doing it. These things basically go unchallenged. Because people prefer to just simply hear what they want to hear, not the truth. Truth hurts too much. So, wow, that got done pretty fast. I thought I had longer. Maybe I should go into another illustration. <laughs> we'll stop right there. Questions that I can answer. Yes, sir. Why do you think that the study of Genesis and the belief in Genesis as literal is so important for today's age? It's so important because uh, I'm convinced that the gospel doesn't start with accept Jesus as your Savior. I'm convinced the gospel starts with God created you and you're going to have to answer to him. In fact, I definitely believe that a person will not accept Jesus as their Savior until they think they're going to be answering to the one who created them someday. So I think it's that, it's that, that crucial. The, the whole thing either it rises or falls together. So until you think you have the disease, you will not take the cure. When you see, I've been created by an infinite God for whom I'm going to stand and have to answer for everything that I've said and everything that I've thought and everything that I've done, if someone talks me out of that, then I'm telling you, you will not be able to talk me into Jesus. Because I don't need Jesus because I don't have a problem. I'm fine. So we recreated God into you know, something less than what he is. God is the creator. And we, so we have to have this. This, this is not something that's, uh, what's the word? We can just set it aside. Ah, it's not that important. Oh, yes, it definitely is. It definitely is. I, I'm, I'm certain many of you, maybe you've had this similar conversation with people who have a problem believing in God because they believe in evolution. That's the exact purpose of that story. The exact purpose of that story, evolution, it's nothing but a story, is to unconvince people of their, um, their, their having to answer to God. So it's critical. Really, really is. It's a big, big issue. Can't divorce yourself of it. You really can't. Not, not in hold the scriptures and say, I'm really studying the scriptures and see what they say. Now, we can, we can get away with a ton of stuff if we don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, it's amazing what we can think up of when we don't know. But it, as you know, because like I said, I was, I was the person for a long time who believed that God must have created through evolution. Evolution can be true and, and creation can be true, and I didn't have a problem with that. But I was very ignorant of the scriptures and very ignorant of evolution, and I'm just not that anymore. And I don't want you to be that anymore. Because when you come to know what, what I've come to know by the grace of God, you, you see how big this issue really is. So, more, more than you wanted, maybe? For an answer? Something else? Yes, sir? Bill, and if God created dogs, for example, yeah. and uh, after the flood, there were two dogs, and we got wolves, and we got coyotes. And All kinds of stuff, right? Did they evolve? Canids. Uh, uh, depends on, 
evolving within a species, within a line of species, there's hardly any difference genetically between a wolf and a chihuahua. There's like a very, very small line of uh, genes that are, that are different. For the most part, they're like 99.9% .9 the same, even though they look very different. Very, very little difference between the house cat that you have uh, back in your cabin in BC, who's wishing you were there. Uh, <laughs> And the gigantic 2,000-pound tiger in northern India. Almost no difference genetically between them. Vast difference in the way they appear. But uh, they're not, not much difference hardly at all. Uh, variations within a kind, yeah, see a lot of that. But crossing between the kinds, there's no examples of that. None. Zero. Yes, sir. Wouldn't have there been various kinds on the ark? I mean, not, just, been, not just one little kitty cat, right? Tigers and no. like it could have been. It could have been. Also, you, also, you know, another another thing about the ark is, you know, again, we assume that. Well, let me put it to you this way: So, would you rather have two baby lions on the ark if you were Noah, or would you rather have two full-grown lions on the ark, or Noah? Uh, you know. Again, we're, we're assuming things. We really don't know. Uh, but, you know, as far as space is concerned, as far as animals getting along, I'd rather have a bunch of young animals as opposed to a bunch of mature animals, for sure. Um, you know, you don't, there's, a, there's a lot of things that could have been, could have been different. Again, it's, it's, we're, we're conjecturing about what happened there. We don't have any pictures. Uh, we just have to believe that God did what he said he did. And how, how does he get from the place where, you know, where, where things are. Again, it's uh, in, in a macro sense, I would agree with evolution. Things, things change. Uh, the coyote that was here in our parking lot today, I guarantee you there was one, uh, did not come from ancestors 300 years ago when there were the first white men came to Texas thinking, you know, I know how to work a parking lot in a trash can. He had to learn that. They, if you will, evolved that. That's a macro evolution, though. But micro, no. No, they don't. But again, do they? That's my, that's my conclusion based upon the evidence. There's no evidence of that. Somebody? Sorry? Totally clear then. Yes, sir. Are you going to cover dinosaurs? We're going to talk about dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are big lizards. I grew up with some big lizards. Big lizards will eat you. They really will. But I also know that only if you do a lot of bad, wrong things, they really just any, any animal is basically afraid of you. So, And any animal that isn't, boy, you definitely need to be running. Yes, sir? One of my favorite verses is Genesis or chapter 1, verse 26. And, and it says, God said, let us... Make man in make our man image. In our image. And then in 27 it says, and God made man in his image. Right. That sort of leads me to believe early, early, early in the Bible that there is a trinity. Right. Yeah. There is a plural for a reason. Yeah, that's right. That's right. First indication. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it's God's having a conversation. He's not having a conversation with the angels. Angels don't have creative power. He's having a conversation with those who create just like him, which there are two others, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All responsible creation, and nothing came into being except, except through Jesus, it says in John chapter 1. And that it was the Spirit who was hovering over the waters of the deep, right, who brought into all these things. So, Something else? Perfectly clear, yes, sir? Now I know how to work with the man in the hot tub. With the what? The man in the hot tub. Oh, okay. He was letting me know that he did not need Jesus. Right. Yeah. And of course, I went down, you need the Savior route. Right. And um, I asked him, have you ever confessed? He thought about it and he said no. Right. And of course, what he's saying is he didn't know that God created him. And so he needs Genesis. Does, yeah. Yep. Tremendous lie. A tremendous lie. Of what good is the Ten Commandments if God is not going to be there to enforce them? 
God doesn't exist and God didn't create everything and we are all here by chance and you know there aren't any morals there aren't any real rules uh, we just kind of do you know moral relevance and uh, die like like I said like our dog under the porch when it's all over with pay absolutely for nothing answer for nothing and you can believe that good person, mm -hmm. very moral. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe more than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you look at the tenets of evolution and the reason why uh, Darwin wrote uh, his Origin of Species, his specific reason was to get out from under answering to God. He says it very plainly. I'll put the quote up next week. He says it very, states it very plainly. That was his whole premise come up with some other way. But he does, in the process, confess that his whole way would be unraveled if something, he doesn't call it this, but something like microbiology and other things were ever invented. It would completely unravel, he says. And he's right, it does. It really, really does. Okay, no transference of kind. No indication, ever. Good? All right. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, thank you that you guide us into all truth, and uh, Lord, we confess that we are in the dark, apart from your revealing light to us, and uh, it's possible today that we're uh, blind to things in our own lives, blind to things that we believe that aren't really true, blind to things that we trust that aren't really true. So God, we ask the, the, hard, the hard request, God, open our eyes open our eyes, even if it hurts, even, even if it uh, disagrees with a lot of people that we love and uh, have a lot of confidence in. Open our eyes to the truth, God. We just don't want to be in the dark. We just don't want to be fooled. And uh, how can we be light when, um, when we have some kind of cover over that light uh, in our minds and our hearts? Thank you, God, that you do. We trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for visiting. Find us at www.islandbaptistchurch.org.